Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. It's time to talk rugby league with my old mate, Lavina Good. How are you doing, Lavina? Mate, I was just thinking, I saw Bruce Springsteen in concert. He was outstanding. He never played um, Born in the USA. <laughs> I was a little disappointed, but he did play that song, which is one of my favourites of him. But you can't, you can't win everything, mate. You can't. Bruce, oh, was the that boss. the one at Mount Smart? It sure was, buddy. It yeah, because sure he did now, two nights there, didn't he? One of my finer moments at Mount Smart, actually. <laughs> <laughs> far more one memorable than... Far more memorable generally than when the Warriors are playing there. That's for sure, the boss. Oh, yeah, amen to that. Yeah. You got that one right. Yeah. I, 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 from memory, he played two nights there, and one night he played like a greatest hits set, and the second night he yeah. played uh, the Songs I Want to Play set. Yeah, so I was at the Songs I Want to Play set, mm. but I was anticipating the greatest hits set because I saw on the news the night before that he played his greatest hits. I'm like, this is going to be money well spent because it cost a bloody fortune. It wasn't yeah. cheap. No. Definitely wasn't cheap. But anyway, it was still still good to see the boss live. He's, I'd love I'd love to see him in America or go to Madison Square Garden, see him with Billy Joel. That's the only place Billy Joel plays and sings, isn't it? Madison Square. Yeah, That'd pretty much. Cool. I think he, he, might do the, he might do the odd Vegas residency, but I think you're about right. Yeah, Billy Joel, he's had enough. Yeah. Of the touring, I'll just go and I'll, I'll just go sit on my Todd and sell out five nights here for a week, and then I don't have yeah. to do anything for another year. <laughs> Great job! Great, Great job, job, mate. Hey, uh, I tell you, somebody who uh, might not be doing anything for a little while is Jared uh, uh, Hargreaves, Warrior Hargreaves, because uh, last night, boy, he gave the ref a bit of a spray uh, over that eight-point try. I mean, it was a high shot as uh, James Fisher Harris went over the line. Uh, gave the referee a proper spray. Uh, but I see Trent Robinson's backed him and said, no, nah, he was right. Everything he said he was right, he just shouldn't have sworn. I don't know. It's interesting. <clears throat> I've um, been a big fan of Wairia Hargreaves over the last three years. I thought he was a rat bag eight to nine years ago. I really did. He walked around, pounced around like he owned the, the whole of the NRL, let alone the paddock that he played on. And I thought he was really up himself. And then he toned that down once the Roosters um, put him in that leadership role and said, you're a leader now, mate. You're not this young gun kid that has to take people's heads off and and be a maniac. And and he took that leadership role quite seriously, not just for the Roosters, but also for the Kiwis as well. And I really thought he'd come out the other end. But last night, it was certainly about frustration mm. for him. And I, I don't think the hit was out of frustration, but he, he did say to the referee, you'd take every opportunity to put me on report. And the ref's like, well, buddy, you just head hide someone as they tried to come in for a try, and you're not allowed to do that. So I, I think... If the if the uh, Roosters were winning that game last night, then number one, I don't even know if he'd do the the head high in on the tackle for Fisher Harris, but I certainly know he wouldn't have given a spray at the referee. So, just lost his cool, and yeah, might have to answer some questions because of that. But the Roosters were just um, outplayed, weren't they? By you know uh, Luai, who was phenomenal. I thought he was just outstanding for the Panthers, not because he's the show pony playmaker, but just every time he put his hands on that ball the defence were asked questions off. They just didn't know where it was going to go and what was going to happen with it. And, um, yeah, I just thought the Panthers, you know, coming off 
um, a few wake-up calls in the last couple of weeks certainly have got that position at the top of the table, not permanently and not right at the top, but certainly in a place where you think, wow, yeah, that's the team that you'd be backing at the moment for the final, just because they're, they're playing so well as a team. They, every player, I've heard the commentators say it as well, and we said it a few weeks ago, every player knows their role and they know what they have to do. It's not strict and structured. It's not like that. It's not like you have to do a step and you have to you know, run through the gap. But they know their responsibility for the game. The pack knows that they have to um, create some damage up the middle. And the fringes know that they have to make tackles out wide as well as try and, you know, score tries. So I really like the look of the Panthers. I thought they're looking mighty fine so far in this competition. Yeah, they, they're looking great. I mean, the only team to beat them so far is the uh, mighty Parramatta Eels, right? Good on you for mentioning that, Ricardo. Good on you for... You noticed I didn't mention that. That was my segue <laughs> for you. <laughs> uh, the Panthers, um, you know, obviously they bounced back off that loss to the Eels at home, uh, not only with this win over the Roosters, but the week before they touched up the Storm, held the Storm to just six points. Uh, so that's two big wins over two teams you'd expect to be troubling the top four this year uh, in back-to-back games for the Panthers. How far away from the rest of the pack do you think they are? Well, they've got the Cowboys next week. Well, I'm mm. sure we'll get a chance to talk about the Cowboys soon. Um, but I, I tipped the Panthers at the start of the year to um, win back-to-back premierships, and that's just on the back of the recruitment policy that had been put in place by Ivan and his team. And it started six or seven years ago. That's what you do when you want to win a premiership. You don't go, let's win, get into a final now. And this year, let's reward our fans. This year, you go, let's create a team of players that, you know, are not just local and have been groomed through the local clubs that will play together and be phenomenal out on the pitch. And it's been a, a six, seven-year um, plan in the making. And they play for each other. And, and you know, if is not going to, you know, score the tries or set things up, then you, you look at Cleary and um, it's just how well they play for each other. They've got such good team culture at the moment. They seem to be head and shoulders above every other team in the competition. A month ago, you would have said maybe the Melbourne Storm would be able to, you know, challenge them at that. But... The storm on the back of some really um, heaps of big players missing out. No Parton House and no Jerome Hughes. That they're they're suffering without their superstars. But you know what I noticed last night in that game, the Panthers and the Roosters, Ricardo, is that at halftime when the players were coming off, it was amazing to me just how much bigger the Panthers were to the Roosters. The Roosters looked a lot like a smaller unit as a group unit than what the Panthers looked like. So they're huge, you know, and. You just have to look at some of their key players that are absolutely massive, but their fitness base is phenomenal. And if you speak to anyone that's been to a Panthers training, they'll come back and tell you that it's painstaking and it's all about fitness and endurance. And that's what they're doing at training. Very little skill base because the players know what they have to do. They're capable of doing it in the NRL. They know what their responsibilities are and they know what they have to do. But a lot of it is strength and endurance based. So they're really, really fit and they're massive. The Panthers are massive and it's showing. So at the moment, they're the top dogs in the competition. They've earned it. It's a very long competition though, mate. You know, what we were saying about the storm a month ago seems to be unravelling in front of us all. And the Panthers now take on the Cowboys next week on the back of six wins. And who would have picked the Cowboys at this stage of the competition to be at the top of the table, challenging some of those better teams and also having six wins in a row against some pretty hotshot teams? I would never have picked them at all. No, neither. I mean, I... Pre-season, 
I looked at them. They finished 15th last season, right? They didn't do much in recruitment. They brought in Peter Hickey, of course, and a couple of others, but not, no big names. And, well, I mean, you know, they had Chad Townsend, but he's 33, um, you know, more of a game manager than anything. And I just kind of went, you know what? These guys are probably going to win the spoon this year. They missed out on it by one place last year. They'll probably win it this year. And, Honestly, you've got to give it to Todd Payton. What he's done with limited resources, he's completely turned this team around. I didn't think Todd had it in him. I didn't have the um, Cowboys in my top eight either. I didn't have them at the bottom. I had the um, Newcastle Knights at the bottom, but I certainly didn't have them in the top eight. And the reason I didn't was because I thought Chad Townsend, you know, on the back of his performance with the Warriors, which, you know, was below par, I thought. Um, and at, at his age, I just didn't think him and Dredden would be able to team up and be an imposing force. I actually didn't even think Scott Drinkwater um, hopping into that fullback role would be outstanding. And what about Reese Robson, the 23-year-old hooker? I mean, last night, I don't have all the stats on him because I'm not too much of a stats girl, but I saw him score a try, set up a try. He would have made at least 30 tackles. I didn't see him miss one tackle. I don't even know if he missed a tackle, but regardless, when you've got a 23-year-old kid like that, surrounded by some of the best hookers in the competition, putting his hand up for state of origin selection, then he's saying, if you don't pick Cook, pick me. I'm ready. I'm young. I'm vibrant. I've taken this team. I can do anything you need me to do. I'm challenging for that state of origin number nine spot. And, and you know, most of your listeners, if they're not ardent rugby league fans or NRL fans, they wouldn't even heard of Reese Robson for the Cowboys. So, yeah, they've been the shining lights so far, I think. And, and you've got to take your hat off to Todd Payton. So whatever he's doing, which he was doing wrong last year, whatever he's doing right uh, seems to be paying off. And it means that everyone who's touting the first coach to be sacked is, is giving Madge a bit of a rest at the moment and some other coaches. And, and they were looking at Payton at the start of the year, but not now, mate. And they've got the Panthers coming up. I mean, they've earned our respect by beating the Storm and on the back of, you know, six victories in a row. That's fantastic. But the real deal, they beat the Panthers next weekend, and that's the Cowboys saying, we can go all the way through to the great dance. That's what they're saying. That's what they'd say. They're doing great, man. They're doing great. I I did not see them touching up the Storm. I think everybody thought, oh, the Storm got a touch-up last week. Bellyache will be into them this week, and they'll come out firing and probably put 20, you know, uh, put 20, 30 points on the Cowboys. But that didn't happen. Uh, And just on Reese Robson, too, yeah, well, well spotted. Some of his uh, contact post-contact run meters. I think he made uh, twenty meters post-contact. He made seventy run meters wow. off of eight carries, so about ten meters a carry, which uh, which is pretty good for a, for a hooker. Uh, but yeah, what about that? I mean, thirty-six-six over the Storm. Do we start asking questions about the Storm now? Because I know you mentioned that they they are missing. Um, uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, but they still got Nick Meany, Xavier Coates, Justin Ollum, Dina Ramia, Cameron Munster, and Harry Grant in the halves. You got Brandon Smith, obviously playing, you know, at hooker. Josh King, Kenny Bromwich, uh, Felici Kalfusi, Jesse Bromwich. Uh, it's it's not the worst team. Yeah, the, they they had a real issue, I think, with Harry Grant having to play in that number seven jersey. It's not easy going from the number nine to the number seven, and the expectation was that he would slot into that easily. And he, you know, he was made a mockery of, to be fair, by a twenty-three-year-old that said, "Everyone talks about you being a superstar, and I know you're in the wrong position, but I can show you how to play the game if you like." So when you're playing these um, players out of position, it doesn't always work well for them. And let's not underestimate just exactly how valuable Papenhausen is. I mean, not just to try scoring point scoring machine but just the way he directs play 
from the back of the team. Like he's always sweeping. He's got that slater about him where he's always looking for the gap and exposing weaknesses. But he's also telling all the other players where they should be going or what they should be doing. He often plays the five eight role. You could easily put a number six on that kid, and he would, you know, he would do the Darren Lockyer easy from one to six and and direct play that way. And I think they're feeling a little bit lost without Pappenhausen, not just because he's a superstar to score the tries, but because he's one of their players that directs their play, that orchestrates exactly what's going on in attack. And that's what concerned me about the Melbourne Storm. I don't mind if they lose, actually. I don't, I don't really give a rat, to, you know, if they win or lose. But I thought they looked a little bit lost in attack. I felt like, not that they needed structure, but they didn't know where to go and what to do at times. And, you know, some of their playmakers didn't want to put their hand up. They're also missing Jerome Hughes, who works really, really well with Pappenhaus. And the two of those together have a, a phenomenal com- combination throughout the competition. So there is certainly an area of concern for the Melbourne Storm, but we've seen it from them before, Ricardo. They go hot shot throughout the competition nice and early. Then there's a little mid-year slump because we've got the state of origin coming up and they'll be losing loads of players to both New South Wales and Queensland. They don't necessarily like to lose games before the state of origin, but it's been a wake-up call for them. And you get the feeling the Melbourne Storm are saying, let's just get the origin out of the way so we can go back to having a full roster of players that aren't injured that we can be imposing. But their pack at the start of the year was very, very ominous and imposing. And last night, they did not dominate at all. In fact, I would say that the pack backed off against the Cowboys and the Cowboys just charged their way through up the middle and gave the opportunities out wide to expose the fringe. So... Some, some reasons for um, Bellamy to go back to the drawing board and swear as much as he wants to the players. But it didn't look great. And with two in the row, it makes the competition very interesting indeed. Yeah, it does. It makes it really interesting. And, you know, that uh, constant evolution we've seen from the Storm where it doesn't matter who they lose, they always seem to have someone else come in. Uh, maybe we just, uh, we're just starting to see that that uh, has taken its toll over the last couple of years. But you know what I love about the game? Ricardo, last night, I loved it when um, Tom Gilbert took that ball and, you know, he fielded it and beat, like, three or four players to go in for the try. It was off a a short kick from the Melbourne Storm. And I thought, Gilbert, gosh, I don't know heaps about him either, but I know he's signed off with the Dolphins next year. So Wayne Bennett has obviously seen the talent in this kid and said, hey, come back to Brisbane where you grew up and, you know, provide your services there. But he had an outstanding game. He made so many yards for for the Cowboys and I just think he's a a really good player and it's a shame that they're going to lose him to the Dolphins because he's only just coming into his own and it's the the underwhelming players from the Cowboys that are standing up like Robson and Gilbert that are saying yeah we're as good as anyone else in the competition and start start backing us. I'll tell you what if they play like that against the Panthers it'll be a bloody good game to watch. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah no it should be good mate it should be good. Hey we should talk the, the Warriors they they lost to the Dragons 24-18. Oh, did they? I didn't know. Did yeah they? yeah they did. <laughs> uh, I mean I, d- I did question uh, when I saw that Warriors team named I did question the uh, decision um, to to go with Pompey and Vilea in the centres, especially when Jesse Arthurs was fit again. And I, I don't quite get, given how many, uh, you know, sort of fringe uh, wide forwards or edge forwards we've got kicking around in the squad, why we're not playing Ewan Aiken, whose primary job is as a centre, back in the centres when we've got so little experience in the back line. The reason I would support that statement, Ricardo, is because the Warriors are missing all their tackles on the fringes. Absolutely. And Ewan Aitken is not just an experienced centre, but he's a defensive centre. And obviously they didn't 
uh, opt for Jesse Arthur's because they were looking for a little bit more flamboyancy out wide to try and spark things up. But they need to shut down the opposition out wide. That's where they're really being exposed. Down left and right, actually, in fact, for the Warriors. That's where uh, these teams in the competition have decided that what they'll do is just charge up front, see what happens, and go out wide, and they'll, there'll be a missed tackle somewhere from the Warriors. And now we're just taking it for granted that the Warriors will miss a tackle out wide. And, that, you know, even though they didn't play bad, I wouldn't say that the Warriors played bad, but they didn't play great. They didn't play like a side that was desperate to remain in the competition to try and make their way at the top of the table so that they can be in that top eight at the end of the year. There's 16 teams in the NRL. You only have to finish in the top eight. Like, come on now. Come on now. It's a, it's a halfway mark. And they definitely didn't play last night like they were fighting for that position. The effort was there. There was an effort that they're still missing tackles. The kicking game has no attacking flair. There's no kick and chase for the Warriors. And that, you know, midweek we're hearing they're saying goodbye to Matt Lodge. You know, um, Harris Tavita will be signing off on another contract. And you hear that from the Warriors. They must just go into these games going, oh, please, I hope we can win. Please let us win. And they played against the Dragon side, you know, who had another superstar, you know, Cody Ramsey. He was outstanding. He could run his way around three or four um, Warriors defenders out wide on the fringes, left and right, not just to set up and score tries, but every time he had the ball, he just went wide. And someone's missing a tackle out there. So I think to bring, I actually thought about it last night, thinking to have Aitken back in there in that centre role, at least he can shut them down. Like, he might not be able to, you know, magically step toe his way to a try line, but he can stop the opposition from scoring and, and give the halves an opportunity to run with the ball. Good to see Sean Johnson running, I agree. I thought that was great. I love watching him score a try when, when he holds the ball and everyone says, we need more of that, we need more of that. But you also need to shut down the opposition out wide. And unless the Warriors start doing that, they'll keep creeping their way down the bottom of the table. And that's what will happen. Yeah, I mean, they've got uh, some tough games coming up. So this was really one that they needed to win to stay in contention and uh, and stay in touch with the top eight. Hey, uh, something else that impressed me was the Broncos on Thursday night. I'm not easily impressed by the Broncos because they're not my favourite team, to be fair. I don't like them either. Uh, But when I saw, you know, the players that the Knights had back, uh, Tyson Frizzell, Dane Gagai, uh, etc. Anthony Milford, I thought, and then saw Adam Reynolds was missing. I thought, oh, yeah, hang on, this is going to be a lot closer than than I thought. But the Broncos turned up, and you know, they had a couple of young halves. Tyson Gamble, I thought, uh, really, he, he was the more experienced of the two, which doesn't say a lot, but really stood up. And the Broncos proved they can play without Adam Reynolds, which is something that I think everybody had a question mark over. Yeah, so when I found out Reynolds wasn't playing, I thought there's no chance of a victory because he's just been the glue, the gel of that side. And especially, I thought he was outstanding playing against the Bunnies. I really did. He wasn't intimidated or overshadowed by anyone at all out on the pitch. So I love watching him play. He's been one of my favourite players for years, Reynolds. I just, I I wanted him in that state of origin side six or seven years ago, mainly because of his goal kicking. Because when you're kicking at 90%, you're definitely in with a chance to win. When you're kicking at 70% or below, like Reese Walsh does at the moment or in yesterday's game, you're never going to win a premiership or even get close to it. So if you've got Cleary and Reynolds in your team and they're shooting at 87 to 90%, there we go, there's a tick in the box to make sure that they can try and get a, a step further in the competition. But once I found out he wasn't playing, I actually didn't think that the Broncos um, had it in them to put in a decent performance. And 
I know that, like, I mean, at the moment, even Ponga, I just don't think um, for the Newcastle Knights that they can get it together. They've got the names on the roster and everything's fine. And it's completely opposite to the Cowboys. Look at the Cowboys lineup and they don't have the names on the roster, but they're playing for each other and they've got a coach they respect and they're moving forward in the competition. But for the Knights, they're just, they're honestly not just turning up to play. It's all individual sort of play and, and, and you know, they're making heaps of mistakes and that made the Broncos job a whole lot easier. But I wasn't impressed with the Broncos at the start of the year. Everyone was talking about because they had two wins, I think, in the first two rounds of the competition. And everyone's like, the Broncos are going to be there or thereabouts. They'll be the, the pride of Queensland once again. But that's not when Adam Reynolds was on fire. I liked his approach to the start of the season. I liked where he stood back and didn't have to be an absolute superstar to steal the show. So everything you know relies on him in attack like what we do now to Reese Walsh, the poor kid at 19 years of age, you've got to try and score, set up every point for the Warriors because no one else can or is willing to do it. And I thought Adam Reynolds wasn't keen for that. He just kind of moved his way into the competition and he went really, really slowly. And he's just playing great footy and, and they're playing great footy when he's out there. But I, was, I had no idea that they could put in that performance, even against a depleted night side. Um, and win that game, but it just shows you their head's in the right place at the moment as they go forward in this 2022 NRL competition, which is exhilarating. Like, the footy at the moment, what about, I mean, mate, Manly and Parramatta, how, mm. did you see that game? Yeah. Manly, Parramatta. <laughs> did I, I see that I game? Just, I, I went to bed later, and I mean, my whole house was down and out by 9.30, so I had the cup of tea and the dressing gown on, and I went to bed and I lied in bed and I thought... That was my team playing, and I was really, really happy for the Eels. I had no idea they would win. I think, you know, 60 minutes in, there was no chance that they were going to win a game. But I remember thinking, for those Warriors fans out there that might be unhappy, you know, in a couple of days' time when their team plays, and if they lose, that's going to happen. If any of those Warriors fans watched that game between Manly and Parramatta, they would have loved it. The game itself, the NRL itself, is absolutely remarkably entertaining at the moment. The footy is sensational the players are so fit and so strong and so skillful and so phenomenal at what they're doing out on the pitch you just have an appreciation for everything and that 22 to 20 victory it could have easily have gone manly's way and i know mitch moses scored with the sideline conversion but it was great rugby league all around in attack and defense you know it wasn't scrappy or desperate or ugly it was just beautiful rugby league. And, and I felt so appreciative being a rugby league fan to be able to witness that and watch that. And I thought, even if you're not following these two teams, I hate Manly. God, I, I wish we would have flogged Manly. I can't stand them. But the quality of rugby league that was on display was amazing. And I, I take my hat off to the NRL and I take my hat off to the players. And I just think they're absolutely outstanding to put on a display that is that impressive that can be that good for the game. I just think they do it week in and week out, and it's it's great. And I feel privileged that I can be a part of it and witness it. Yeah, indeed. Well said, Lavina. Well said. I'll let you get ready for, uh, no doubt, you, you, you're sharpening a couple of Coronas and getting ready for the couch this afternoon. Hazy IPA, mate. That's my poison now. I've got oh. a couple in the fridge. They're nice Quality. and big and strong. I yeah. need to. I only need two, buddy. That's, yeah. a, that's the, you're talking my language now, mate. Well, enjoy that. <laughs> uh, you got the rabbits and the sharks winning the Savo? Yeah, both. Yeah, yeah, yeah both. Yeah, and I, I still like the look of, of the Sharkies. Um, I think I had them seventh at the start of the year. I didn't think that they'd be as consistent a, a, as what they have been throughout the competition. Um, but I do know that they're in a good place at a club at the moment. Twelve years ago, people were saying that the Sharkies won't be around anymore, that that will be the end of the club, and that's completely turned around. 
and I don't think the bunnies are going to have any issues either. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really like the Sharkies throughout this comp, and I, I think they're going to claw their way slowly but surely up that top of the ladder if they keep making the tackles, which they are a very good defensive team. Yeah, they're looking pretty good, all right, mate. Hey, go well. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon, eh? Okay, Ricardo. Thanks, buddy. Thank go you. Well. Thank you, uh, Lavina. Good there. Uh, with us talking rugby league, uh, that table, if you haven't seen it, the Panthers are top now by four points. Uh, so played 11, won 10, lost one. They're on 20. Uh, they're four clear of the Storm and the Cowboys, who are second and third. The Broncos then back on 14 alongside the Eels. And then you've got the Sharks, who have that game to play today. Uh, would take them to 14 if they win that. The Roosters in seventh. And the Rabbitohs, if they get a win today, will be in uh, are currently in eighth. They'll be clear uh, by two points of the Seagulls, the Dragons, the Raiders um, from there. So that's how the league is looking. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.